What is Advent? Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. So, Advent is a season of preparation and celebration of the arrival, the birth of Christ. Advent typically begins four Sundays before Christmas. It is a time of reflection and thanksgiving for the birth of our Savior, as well as His expected return, the second Advent. Today, we reflect and celebrate the four themes of Advent in song, dance, and drama. They are hope, peace, joy, and love. We begin with hope. Jeremiah chapter thirty-three, verses fourteen and fifteen. The days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah, in those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. Isaiah chapter nine verse two: The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned.
the world. of peace. The promised Messiah was to usher a new era of peace after the division, dispersion, and destruction in the Old Testament. And through him, we are offered peace, reconciliation with God. The following scene gives us a glimpse into the wondrous, unusual ways of the Lord. How these unlikely individuals Zacharias, Elizabeth, and Joseph were chosen to prepare the way for the Messiah and usher his arrival into the world. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the 
baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. It sounded all too good to be true. I just had to be certain. I'm an old man. My wife's advanced, so. I asked a dumb question: How? Not in disbelief, but how? Not incredulously. Now I know it's not mine to ask, but to trust in His manifold mercies. <sighs> Should have said wow instead of how. I'm dying to spread the good news. I'll be silent till he arrives, and then my tongue will be loose. How I will bless and praise the Lord for redeeming us. Bless the Lord, O Israel, for raising the horn of salvation. The promise of old men long ago, foretold by prophets of old. The perfect gift, the mystery, this turning point in history. Of time has come, and the days of reproach are done. The perfect gift, the mystery, makes it mine. Struck him down has caused my heart to sing. At my age to be with child, can this be happening? Oh, Zach, I am sorry your question. How has closed your mouth? I'm just grateful for this child. In him, my soul exalts. Oh, I'm so excited! I can't wait to tell Mary. Mighty hand of God will rest upon this child, who'll turn the hearts of Israel's sons back to the Lord their God. For He will be sent ahead, and He will prepare the way. The voice in the desert calling forth, make way for the Lord. The promise of hope made long ago, foretold by prophets of old. The mystery is turning point in history And the fullness of time has come And the days of reproach are done The perfect gift, the mystery will make it mine In history But I know her heart is true. If somehow he has chosen me to take this fatherly role, then I submit, embrace with faith for what the future holds. Never mind the explanations, awkward looks and glances. I know I must protect her now and trust His hand on us. I will say it is overwhelming to have him for a son. 
incarnate God, Redeemer, Messiah, Holy Oh, <laughs> 
Verses 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Suddenly, not gradually, without warning, boom, in multitude, not twenty or a hundred, but a multitude, and I will read, of the heavenly host. The shepherds were already terrified when Gabriel made the first announcement. Now suddenly, a ten thousand strong angelic choir filled the sky and burst into song. Man, I wish I could have been there. 
talk about a heavenly invasion. You're tired already. Just a little. Well, you should be. We have travelled a long way from visiting the Condor Galaxy. <laughs> no, that galaxy I must say was huge. It is the biggest one he has created this side of the universe. But listen, I do want to show you something else. We just have to maneuver past a few more galaxies, supernovas, and nebulas. Whoa! What's that? Now that is the PJ three five two fifteen quasar. Quasar? What's a quasar? It's a supermassive black hole. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, easy there, not so fast. The gravitational pull is so strong, it'll suck you right in. Not even light can escape the black hole. So, I want you to steer clear. Is that clear? <laughs> clear, clear, clear. Ooh, look at that meteor shower. That's the Perseid media shower, which means we are close. Wow! Look at that spiral galaxy. The Andromeda, the closest spiral galaxy to the Milky Way. Wow! Hey, this other thing they wanted me to see. Are we there yet? Almost. We are only about ah, two point five million. Like years away. What? <laughs> oh, why exactly is it they're gonna show me? Patience, Junior. Patience. Look, we've entered the Milky Way already. Come, let me show you something. Ah, you see that star over there? Now that's the Alpha Centauri, and right beside it, the Proxima Centauri. You know what? <laughs> I'm feeling kind of bored. All I see is stars, stars, nothing but stars. Well, Junior, if you don't stop complaining, I am really going to make you see some stars. Now, get up quickly. We're entering the solar system. Whoa! 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 Look at that. Now that's Neptune, the blue planet, filled with methane gas, and on the surface. Pure diamonds. What? Wow! It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Look at its size. Ah, and then there's Uranus with a faint ring and an almost vertical axis. So cool. Ah, my favorite planet in this solar system, Saturn. Look at those rings. So beautiful. And how can we forget Jupiter? The biggest planet in this solar system. It's so huge. And of course, Mars, the red planet. Which means we are very close. Are you ready, Junior?、Mm -hmm. Come, follow me. Step on. And in five, four, three, two, and、Ooh. easy there, kiddo.、Oh. You okay? Yeah. Anyway, we have arrived. Look, over there. Can you see? It's kind of small. 
and dirty. What's so special about this ball of dirt anyway? Well, that ball of dirt, Junior, is none other than the visited planet. Visited? You don't mean it's visited by... Oh yes, and that ball does have a name. It's called Earth. And although it may seem small and insignificant to you, perhaps not so clean even, but that is the planet that was visited by our Prince of Glory. Hmm, I don't understand. Do you mean that our great and glorious Prince, with all these wonders and splendors of His creation, went down in person to that fifth-rate little ball? Why on earth would He do such a thing like that? <laughs> Get it? Earth, huh? <laughs> ah, you think you have jokes, huh? But it is not for us to question his ways. Except that I must point out to you that our prince is not impressed by size and numbers, as you seem to be. And as for the reason why he became one of them, well, how do you suppose he could go down to visit them? So are you saying that he stooped so low as to become one of those creeping crawling creatures living in that filthy planet? That is exactly what he did. Ugh. And I don't think he would like it very much that you're calling them creeping, crawling creatures in that tone of voice. For strange as it may seem, our prince does love them very much. He went down to them so that he could lift them up to be like him. Well, I still... Don't get it. Okay, let us close our eyes for a few moments and we shall go back together in what they call time. Open your eyes and see. What am I seeing now? You are seeing this little world as it was several thousand years ago. Every flash and glow of light that you're witnessing right now is something of God's knowledge and wisdom breaking into the hearts and minds of those who live upon the earth. Well, can they hear you? Oh yes, they can. But only if they choose to. But not many do or want to. Nor do they understand what he says. Although what he says is truth. Wait, wait, wait. But if it's the truth... Then why are they blind to it? We cannot judge them because we who live in His light and glory have no idea what it is like to live in the dark. The darkness and noise of this world have distracted them from hearing Him. Only a few who are humble and quiet will hear His voice. But in a few moments, something truly wonderful is about to happen. Yes, that was the visit, wasn't it? Oh yes, that was the visit. The light himself went down and lived among men. But in a little while, you will be able to tell that even with your eyes closed, the light will go out. 
What do you mean by the light will go out? Could he not bear the darkness and stupidity? It wasn't that. It was more that they did not recognize him for who he is. Only a few knew who he actually was. For the most part, they preferred their darkness to his light. And in the end, they killed him. What? Those crazy fools. They don't deserve his Who kindness. knows why they were so evil and foolish? It all comes down to this thing called free will, which our prince had bestowed upon them from the very beginning. Nor can we say whether they deserve it or don't deserve it. But the fact remains, they did kill our prince while he was man amongst them. So that's the end. I mean, I see the whole earth has gone black and dark now. Oh no, we are far from the end of the story of the visited planet. Put this on again. The thing they most fear and dread all their lives, he broke and overcame. For on the third day, he rose from the dead. A few saw him, and from then on, became his utterly devoted servants. Thank God for that. Oh yes, indeed. The dazzling light is gone. Our prince has returned to his home of light. But look at the earth again. Do you see what is happening? Yes. The lights. There's so many of them. The bright glow is the company of loyal men and women whom he left behind. And with his help, they spread the glow. And now the earth has light shining all over it again. How will it end? Will all the lights join up together? Will it all be light? Just as it is in heaven. Ah, now that is in the Father's hands. Sometimes it is pure agony just to watch. And sometimes joy indescribable. The end is not yet. Do you see now why this little ball is so important? Mm-hmm. I see now. He has visited it. He will visit it again. When? Oh, we don't know. But... I am very sure he is working out his plans. Oh, I can't wait. Thanks, Senior. I shall never forget that this was a visitor planet. Until the day his plan unfolds, we still have much to do. Mm. Wait, listen. I hear the prince has summoned us again. Oh. We have a new assignment. Come, let us go. After you, Senior.
Unforgettable night that must have been. It wasn't just a heavenly invasion, but an invasion of grace and love. When God showed up, condescended to our level, opened Himself to ridicule and the ultimate rejection on the cross. Thirty-three years after the first Christmas, Jesus would summarize His primary mission in the most frequently quoted verse of the Bible. John chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him.
Good afternoon, church. Bless the Christmas to everybody. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, Bless the Christmas. Let's give the choir and the team another round of applause. 
Thank you so much. That was wonderful. That brought to us the theme of Advent. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And it ended with love because I think that's the reason why God gave His perfect gift to us, isn't it? And that's probably the reason why every Christmas we give gifts to one another. But many years have passed since the first Christmas, and many of us might have forgotten the reason for this season because of all the shopping and all the feasting. I remember the story of a boy who asked for a Christmas gift, and he wrote a letter to Jesus. He said, Dear Jesus, for this Christmas, I want a bicycle. And he remembered after a while that his conduct and behavior was not the best in the year and may not earn this much desired Christmas gift. So he crushed the letter, threw it away, went to the living room and saw the statue of Mother Mary. And he took a black cloth and covered up the statue and decided to bring this statue into his room, hide it in his drawer. And then he started to write a new letter. This time he said, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, give me the bicycle. We sometimes got so distracted that we are more concerned about what we want rather than what we need, isn't it? And a valuable gift is sometimes not tagged with a price tag. For example, the gift of life is priceless. And it can never be tagged with a price tag. A story was told of a pregnant mother who was very excited to tell the five-year-old daughter the news. And the mother said, you know, this Christmas, you are going to have a baby brother for your Christmas gift. And the girl was very disappointed and said, I prayed for a pony, not a brother. (laughs) You see, sometimes what you desire and what was prepared for you can be very different. About 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, the prophet Isaiah actually declared this to us. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We sang this song. We rapped this song. And this song is about God's gift. You see, God's gift is never about things, but about relationship. Those wise men that came to present gifts to Jesus... They don't realize that God was sending the perfect gift to all humanity and that's Jesus Christ himself. He is the reason for Christmas, isn't it? He's the reason why we celebrate. He's the reason why we sing joy to the world. And that's why we present to you the perfect gift is Jesus. Now, why is he the perfect gift? Can I suggest three perspectives? Firstly, this gift came from God. John 3.16 says that God sent His Son. It was Him. He came from heaven. And it is God who sent this gift to us. I don't know about you, but when you receive gift, you really want to know who gave it to you, isn't it? Especially when it came from your wife or your mother-in-law. But some gifts are appropriate, some not so appropriate. You know, like you don't give shampoo to someone who has no hair. And there was a story about these three sons They wanted to give a special gift to their elderly mother. And the first one bragged and said this, You know, this Christmas, I built Ma a big house. And the second son said, Well, good for you. You know what? I sent her a Mercedes with a driver to drive her around. And the third one said this, You know what? I got you both beat. 
You know how mom enjoys reading the Bible and now she can't see really well? So I sent her a talking parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 monks in a monastery to train this bird for 12 years and I pledged to contribute 100,000 every year. And I think it's worth it. Mom just have to name the chapter and verse, the parrot will recite it. And soon after, the mom received all these gifts, right? And sent out letters of thanks. And the first son, she wrote this. Milton, the house you built is too big. I live in a small place. Now I have to clean the whole house. It's really tiring for me, you know. And then she wrote to the second son, Marvin, I'm too old to travel. I stay home all day. I don't ever use a Mercedes. And your driver is so rude. But to the third son, she wrote this. Dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have good sense to know what your mother really likes. The chicken you sent was so delicious. Now what you have intended for may be received very differently. If this gift is really from heaven, it must be precious, valuable, and important to us. And that's why the Apostle John wrote this in the prologue of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. And a few verses later, he continued to say this, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now if we pause for a moment to think about this, it is both amazing and perplexing. Because it is unthinkable to see the one who created the universe to come to dwell on earth. And that's why the angels discuss among themselves the senior talking to the junior and then say, is this really a good idea? But he came. And that's why his name is also known as Emmanuel, God with us. You know, the great theologian J.I. Packer wrote in his book, Knowing God, and in one of the chapters about the incarnation of God, he said this, God became man. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation. The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human being, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. You know, recently we have a cat at home, as some of you already know. We love this cat and we have been trying to communicate with this cat. Huh? I've been trying to tell the cat, I love you, I love you, but it seems like the more I tried the more he misunderstands me compared to the rest of the family members. And I thought to myself, the best way to communicate to this cat is that I become a cat. <laughs> but to think of it, I don't think my love for this cat has reached its level. Now friends, for us to understand Christmas is to actually understand this, that God put on human flesh and dwelt among us. Well, this is so incredible, many people do not see the true value of this truth. And that's why John continued to write in the Gospel of John in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. You know, when Jesus was walking on this earth, on this planet, there were many who encountered Jesus but failed to recognize who he was. Once Jesus was talking to the Samaritan women at the well, and the Bible recorded for us in John chapter 4 verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, 
you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. People encountered Jesus but failed to recognize who he was. When he came into the world, people could not appreciate or understand, maybe because this gift was not wrapped in the kind of wrapping that people like. You know, have you received gifts that are nicely wrapped and you open up and you realize that you didn't really like the gift? Or have you thrown away a poorly wrapped gift but actually you realize that it was very valuable and expensive? You see, the value of gift is not found in the wrapping. And Jesus is the perfect gift that was wrapped in a stable not put with any label of yet worshipped by wise people. And this wise man came from the east and presented three expensive gifts to Jesus. They worshipped him. Now, in many of this Christmas story, you will see three wise men, but I believe there are more than three. But these three gifts are very significant because there's a spiritual meaning behind. Because gold is a symbol of kingship on earth. Frankincense a symbol of deity for worship, and myrrh and embalming oil for burial is a symbol of death, his humanity. And so these wise men were coming to Jesus, recognizing him as the king who is both human and God. This is a gift that came from God, came from heaven. And it's also meant for you and I. This gift is for you. Why is it for you? Because it is what you need more than what you want. You know, most of us are always looking for what we want. Many people are looking in the wrong places for true answers. Blaise Pascal said this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus. I believe there's a longing in the hearts of everyone on earth. And some of you are here today. Maybe there's a longing in your heart and you try to fill it with many things, many gifts. But yet, the only thing that can fill this void is Jesus himself. Only God the Creator can fill this void. Because Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Greek word for this is joy. It is God's life. It's the eternal life. It's the life that God has meant for us to have. For many centuries, people have been looking for this true life. Today, people are trying to stay healthy, keep fit, just extend their life. You know, the first emperor of China, Qin Shi Wang, wanted to live forever and was obsessed with immortality. And so he gave an edict to find a potion for him to live forever, for him to have eternal life. However, not only did he not live for very long, he died at the age of 49. And many believe he has swallowed this uh, mercury sulfide, thinking that it was that potion that will allow him to live forever. Now with his affluence, his knowledge, his power, he could not find the potion to live forever. But yet today, as you come to church, you hear of this presentation and you must know that there is a verse in the Bible that even unchurched people know about and heard about. And that is found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God sent Jesus because the name of Jesus in Hebrew, Yeshua, means the one who saves. And Acts 4 verse 12 says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's why 
In the first Christmas, the angels declare, I have good news for you. I have good news for you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. There is a Savior for humanity. There's a Savior for us. That's why we declare the Christmas good news. But maybe some of you are thinking, wait, I don't need saving. I can depend on myself. You know, depending on a Savior seems a bit too weak. But if you have seen the movie Superman Returns in 2006, you remember a scene, a particular scene where Superman come back. Now this is a time when Superman left the earth and everybody was uh, devastated. And his girlfriend, Louis Lane, wrote an article and said, we don't need a savior. But when Superman returns, he went to meet up with Louis Lane and carried her eye up in the sky above the city. And where it was quiet and was romantic, and Superman asked his girlfriend, Louis, what do you hear? And Louis Lynn said nothing because it was very quiet. But Superman said this, You wrote in an article, people doesn't need a savior, but I hear everything. You see, Superman has got all this superpower that can hear everyone's cry for help. And he said, every day I hear people crying for help. They are looking for a savior. And you know what? While we know that this movie is fictional, I want to declare to you that God is here, present with us. And it's the truth. He knows what you're going through. He hears your cry. He knows that every corner, somewhere out there, people are looking for help. You see, the solution is never found in man-made ways, but only God-made ways. For the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, sin has separated us from God. And that has not allowed us to have this wonderful relationship with God Himself. And for many of you, maybe you think, well, I've not done anything wrong. Now, sin is not just about wrongdoing. It means that we miss the standard, the mark of holiness that is required. And that's why all of us need a Savior. All of us need God to fill this void. I remember many Christmas ago, there was a Christmas night when I was in Orchard Road. I was on the street looking for people I can share the love of Christ with and the meaning of Christmas. And there was an encounter with a young man that I would never forget. Because I met this young man who was waiting for his friend and I asked if I could share the meaning of Christmas and the love of God. And immediately he looked at me with distaste and said, you are not one of those, are you? And I said, one of those what? He said, one of those Christians who force and coerce people to believe in God and then after that, bring them to church and cheat all their money. <laughs> I said, I'm a Christian, but I'm not here to cheat your money or even others. And since he was uh, quite offensive, so I said, well, can I then take a rest? Let me just sit here. I won't talk to you. So I sat there for a while. Didn't want to talk to him. He looked at me, pitied me. <laughs> and then he said, why are you doing all this? And I turned to him and I said, because God saved me. You see, I started sharing my life story with him. I said that when I was a young child, even before I was born, I was almost aborted because I was a fine baby. Because those days, you have to stop at two. And because my parents didn't want to pay the fine, they attempted to abort me. 
And I grew up with a low self-esteem. And then I continued to share. At the age of 17, I took a knife and almost stabbed my own grandmother. I could not forgive her. But God stepped into my life. And I learned about forgiveness. I learned how God forgave me and removed this guilt and shame in my life. And as I was sharing, I could see tears swelling up in his eyes. And that moment, his friend called him. But instead of leaving, he said, give me another five minutes. And he wanted to hear my story. I continued to share how God changed me and how I serve in church as a pastor right now. He was deeply moved. And he said, you know, my life was also very broken. And then he turned to me and said, you know what? This Christmas is very special to me because of what you shared. And I knew that God touched him. But he rushed off. He didn't get his contact, no name. I couldn't follow up, but I knew that that day, that very night, it was a very special Christmas night for him. And I think today, maybe some of you need a touch from Jesus too. And if I have a little bit more time, I would like to tell him that this gift is not just meant for him. This gift can transform him and transform his life just like how God did that to me. Because I believe in every corner of the earth, God is present even when you think He's absent. God is willing to take your broken pieces and make them whole again. God is wanting to bring wholeness to all of us this afternoon, as long as you're willing. In fact, God is more interested to change us than to change our circumstances. And that's why the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. The old has passed away before the new has come. And so friends, today we present to you the perfect gift and the gift is Jesus Christ. But to receive this gift, you cannot just take it and chuck it away. Because to truly receive a gift, you have to open up the wrapper. Then you will know that it's truly Jesus. (laughs) Not only that, you have to open it up. Because when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you truly understand what salvation entails. And that's why the theme of heaven is hope, peace, joy, and love. But you know, when we receive many gifts, some gifts have expired date. I used to have a lot of vouchers I kept until it was expired. Now this gift that was presented to you, there's no expiry date to it, but we have an expiry date to our life. I want to end off by sharing the story of my friend Alex. Because when I was in poly, Alex decided to pursue his studies overseas with two degrees. So he quit poly, went overseas. He took two degrees because his ambition in life was to get into Harvard University. His dream was to become the most successful and the most influential. However, On the day of his graduation, he was diagnosed with leukemia. So he flew back to Singapore and he went through chemotherapy. And after a few rounds of chemotherapy, I went to his place and had the most impactful conversation I had in my life. He said that, Chris, I had plan A to plan Z to get to Harvard and to be successful. However, I did not plan to die. I did not plan to get leukemia at this time. In his pursuit for success, he failed to see the brevity of life. He failed to realize that all of us had an expiry date. And pointing to all the trophies and all the certificates that he had, he said, if I had known earlier, I would not be pursuing all these things. But then he turned to me and said, but Chris, now 
I know the true joy can only be found in Christ. And I rejoice with Him. And I prayed for Him and I wished that He could live long. But He died on my birthday at the age of 24. And I always think of this story as a reminder for myself and for my friends. You know, today you come to church, you heard the message, you saw the presentation, but this gift can only be in your hands and in your heart when you say yes. Nobody can force you. I thank God that my friend found Christ before he left. And I think of my other friend who is in Orchard Road that day. And I wonder if he has still found, he has actually received Jesus. But today, you're in the right place. Because God is here and speaking to you, tugging your heart. Maybe some of you, you are also looking for answers. You do not have to wait for things to happen to you, friends. You do not have to wait for circumstances to be bad, to run to God for help. Because today is the day of salvation. Today, if you are willing to say yes to God, God is willing to come into your life. God is willing to give you that eternal life. God is willing to cleanse your life so that you can live with the abundant life. And so in a moment's time, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you to pray with me. Maybe some of you are invited. Or some of you have left church for a long time, but today you are here. Or maybe some of you have tuned in on, on screen. And you are listening to this message and God is speaking to you. And this is a moment where you can make a decision to follow Jesus. So can I invite you right now to close your eyes and bow your heads. A very sacred moment. Do not look to the left, do not look to the right. And if you are at home, you are tuning in. And it's the first time you are tuning in and you heard this Christmas message. I invite you to say yes to Jesus this afternoon. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus into your heart at the count of three, for those of you who are here, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anybody who is here today? You say yes to Jesus. Praise God. I see one hand. I see two, three. Praise God. Anybody? Yes, I see your hand. Anybody on top? Yes. And those at home tuning in, you know what? You are raising your hand to God. I cannot see you, but I know that God can see you and He hears your cry. And for those who have responded, can I invite you to make this prayer? And this prayer is one of the most important prayers you're going to make in your life. And if you pray sincerely, God hears it and He will answer your prayer. Can I invite all Christians to pray with me together? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I invite you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I want to trust and follow you all the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give a clap offering for those who have responded. For those online. Praise God.
I celebrate with you. Shall we all stand right now? You know, can I just make a small request for some of you who have responded later on? You know, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to invite you to come forward because you've made a commitment to follow Jesus and we want to know you. So as we sing this song, can I invite you to come forward? Our pastors are here. And we also want to invite those. Maybe today you are here and you are touched by the songs or the message. And you want a touch from Jesus and you need prayer. Can I also invite you as we sing this song so you will come, you can come forward and receive prayer too. So you will come. Please come forward. Those who have responded, those who have raised your hands, can I invite you to come forward right now? I want to know you, I want to give you some materials to grow in Christ. He gave His only Son Everything was done So you would come Nothing you can do And make Him love you more Nothing I know there are more Don't have to worry Jesus Christ died for you publicly As you make a commitment publicly We rejoice with you We celebrate with you Those of you who have brought friends Maybe you can come with your friend And receive a prayer of blessing The Father Though your gift is small Broken hearts, broken lives He will take them all The power of the world The power of His blood Everything was done So you would come Nothing you can do can make Him love you more Nothing that you've done Could make Him close the door Because of His great love He gave His only Son Everything was done So you would come Come to the Father Come to the Father Though your gift is small Broken hearts, broken lives He will take them all The power of the world The power of His love Everything was done So let's see one more time Come to the Father Come to the Father
Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Praise to Jesus. Our church, we hope that you enjoy this special Christmas celebration service. Now would you join me, right, as we welcome back the cast and the choir. Alright, give them a round of applause and the lovely kids. Where are the kids? The lovely kids as well. But we have one more finale song. And on behalf of our senior pastor and our associate Vika, have yourself a merry little Christmas. You know, it's such a joy to be able to celebrate Christmas with all of you because you are a family and this is a place I hope that all of you can belong. You know, we have so many talented people. The songs were unbelievable, weren't they? Original songs, right? So we thank God for everyone who's contributed in so many ways. But of course, it is the birthday of our Lord. Amen. We don't know exactly when, but we celebrate His birthday. And today when we go from this place, we want to pray that God will go with every one of you. Now, before we 
give the benediction. If you have made a decision today, please be sure to join us at the back. There's a table at the back out in the plaza where you can uh, actually out in the foyer where you can you know take down your contacts so they can remain in touch with you. All right. Shall we just pray? God, we want to thank you for such a wonderful reminder of your great love to us, Lord. Hope, joy, peace, but above all, your love for us. And now, oh Lord, as we go from this place, we pray that the joy of Christmas, the presence of God, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit will be with all of us now and always. In the name of Jesus, we ask and we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Thank you.